just want to stay standing for a moment. We just want to pray for a few minutes and just honor God's word because uh, uh, there's nothing more important and more valuable than God's word. Uh, so if you don't mind, we'll just stand for another minute and then there'll be no more yo-yo up and down. Okay, I promise. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that your word is for and to each and every one of us. And I pray that right now, that as we look at the Bible, God, that you would speak to us through the Bible, that you would speak directly to our hearts, Lord, that it wouldn't be someone's word or art word, but it would be your word, Lord, your word from the Bible to our heart, that you would make it come alive and relevant to our situation and our circumstances that we're facing right now in our lives. Thank you that your word can do that, even in a room this big, that you can speak to everyone individually through your word. I pray that you would do that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said together. Amen. Amen. Now you can be seated and I will not make you stand again. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm Jono. That's my name. And I just want to welcome you to church, especially if you're here or you're new to church. I just want to say to you right now that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And you just need to relax and enjoy the service. And if you're here today, which you are because you're in this room, I just want to say to all of you that you made a very, very good choice coming to church today. Whether you've been coming to church for a really long time or it's your very first time in church or you're sitting here going, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. I just want to let you know that you made a good choice. Even though you don't know, I'm letting you know from me to you, trust me, even though you don't know me, you made a good choice. Okay? And so uh, we're so thankful and honoured and blessed to be here today, me and Stephanie and our children, Ruby, who went to the kids and Zara, who's there. You should be asleep. Uh, but she's not. And uh, we're just so thankful to be here today. We're so thankful to Ben and Amy and the team for inviting us to be with you guys today. And on behalf of my senior pastors, Rod and Viv in Tokyo, we just want to say they wanted to pass on a huge hello and thank you. They are so thankful for this church over so many years, uh, really, to be honest, to help Lifehouse get started in the very early days was from this church here. One of, there was one of three churches and our, this church your church, was one of those churches that helped us plant and launch Lifehouse Tokyo. And now as Lifehouse, we have 18 campuses across Japan and Asia and one in Honolulu, because who doesn't want to have a church in Honolulu, (laughs) right? So, no, actually, lots of Japanese students go to Hawaii to study, and so we've got a church there reaching Japanese students as they study and then coming back to Japan and it's Honolulu. And, uh, and so that's great. And uh, we're so uh, excited about what God's doing. And I want to share with you just for a few minutes now just uh, what God's been doing in and through our church. I've got some photos, but not heaps, so don't worry. I don't have a lot of photos to bore you with today. Uh, I just got a few highlight photos from our church. But just before I go any further, a lot of my family are here today. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Ah. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I just wanted to honour my family. can't do it, so I'm just going to leave it at that. So, our church in Japan has been going for five years, and I've got some photos to show you. I don't know what order they're in, but it doesn't really matter, but that's our church, 
And uh, as you can see, there's two people there. So if I look to my left or right and look for someone, it's normally because I use an interpreter. And um, it's kind of weird being up here on my own, <laughs> to be honest. And so that's our church. Uh, and we just kind of roll through and we can show you a few different photos. That's, um, that's church in a van. Uh, that's how we move church around. We sometimes use, we've used, I think, in excess of 15 or 17 different venues in the short time that we've been running as a church. So everything goes in the van. I just want to show you that. There's some of our international and our Japanese all together as a church, which is so much fun. And then, yeah, just our church service with some, there's some Japanese there, if you know what that means. Some of the boys. And uh, anything else? Was that all? Oh, yeah, just more worship stuff, yeah. Yeah, welcome stuff. Yeah, just, I just wanted to show you some of the, I suppose, just some of the faces and um, people of our church and what it kind of looks like on a Sunday and uh, just so you guys can get, a, I suppose, a picture. Um, so I think that was all, hey. Yeah, I think yeah, there you go. And so we started that church um, with me and Stephanie and three other people. And we moved there from Tokyo to Fukuoka City, and we didn't know anyone. Like, all I knew was one pastor, and he wasn't going to come to my church because he had his own church. <laughs> and so we, we went there, and we just started a church, and we just did outreach on the street every single night and just invited people to church and invited people to church and used all different kinds of ideas and methods. We'd have parties and this and that and invite people to church and keep inviting people to church. And, and we would set up on Sundays, and there were some Sundays there where we would set up everything and no one would come, not one person, because we didn't know anyone, and what do you do? So you just tell the guys, don't worry, people will come next week, and then no one comes the next week. Don't worry, guys, people will come next week. I think there was one, one season there in the very early days where we had maybe five Sundays in a row when no one came to church. Like, our team came to church, but no one knew, no one came to church, and we would do a full service to our team, and it was almost like practice <laughs> in a way. And uh, it was like a, and it was, it was, that was, that's challenging. If you've ever tried to run something and no one comes to it, that's pretty, um, it's pretty rough. And then to do that five weeks in a row and everyone's saying to me, Jono, what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we should do. Just maybe we should go out more. And in those early days, we would do outreach six nights a week. And then on Sunday, we would have church every night out and about, meeting people and inviting people to church. And, uh, and just through all of that and through just being real and open and honest and caring about people, we've been able to see so many people come to know Jesus. And uh, now on Sundays, we have two services every Sunday, 11 and 1.30. The boys are, I was actually just texting the boys then, making sure they're okay and uh, giving some final instructions <laughs> of what needs to happen because... Uh, and so we're so excited and blessed by what God's doing. And I wanted to share some exciting news before I share a message with you today that actually this coming March or April, whenever Easter is this year, it always changes. Why does it do that? Anyway, whenever Easter is this year, we're actually going to be planting our first campus out of our church uh, for Gorga into a new city with new pastors and leaders and team. And so uh, we're very, very, very excited about that. And uh, we've trained up some guys and they're going to move to the city. When I get back, we're going to finalize the details, but they're going to move very shortly. And we've got a small team there of about maybe 12 to 15 people. And we're going to start a church in a new city that's maybe two hours away from where we are in Fukuoka. 
And uh, it's a city of maybe five or 600,000 people. And um, there's a massive US Navy base there as well. So we're reaching Japanese people and US servicemen or people in the military, whatever they call it. Uh, and so reaching all different kinds of people there. So we're very, very excited uh, to be starting a church there and believing that it's going to be uh, influential and impacting and uh, providing purpose to US servicemen who sometimes arrive in Japan as Christian believers and can't find a church. Uh, literally a problem in Japan, 130 million people, and there's hardly any churches. In Sasebo, where we're planning this church, we found one other church. One. In a city of 600,000 people, we found one other church. And it's, it's out in the sticks a bit, and it's um, small and not, not much is going on. Great people, but not much is going on. And we're going to plant a church like in the heart of the city, right in the centre. And I uh, believe that God's going to use that to reach more and more Japanese people. And so I just wanted to just uh, let you know that there's some of the things that are happening. Uh, just trying to think of anything else I wanted to say. Stephanie, anything else I need to say? No? Okay, good. <laughs> And um, yeah, but we're so thankful to be, uh, well, we've always been linked because I went, if you don't know, I went to church here from when I was like four till about 28 years old, I came to this church. And, uh, and so um, we have our own church now, but we, we always feel like this, we've always been linked. Uh, and I'm just so thankful that the link is just getting stronger. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone in City Church for your love and support for us, not just, not just now. But over the years, we're just thankful and blessed for that and are very excited about what God's got for the future, not just for what God's doing in Japan, but for what God's doing here and um, that, that, that people need Jesus and that's all that really matters. <laughs> uh, when it really comes down to it, people need Jesus and if you have Jesus, it's your responsibility to show people Jesus, not force feed people Jesus, show people Jesus with the way that you live your life how you speak, how you act, uh, all of those things. And, and that's really, Jesus is the hope of the world. I thought more people would say amen to that. People, Jesus is the hope of the world. Not this, that, not this idea, that idea, that political party, this political party. None of that matters to God. What matters to God is people need to know Jesus. That's it. That's all it comes down to. That's all that matters in the end is do you know Jesus? And uh, if you don't know Jesus today, before we close today, we're going to ask you if you would like to know Jesus. And so if you're here now and you're like, I don't know Jesus, or I've heard about Jesus, but I don't know Jesus for myself, in this service today, you'll have an opportunity to receive Jesus into your own heart and start a relationship with Jesus. And when you do that, your past is forgiven and your future is secure, all in Jesus Christ. That's what happens when you know Jesus. And so you'll have an opportunity for that really soon. And so I want to talk to you today just for the 23 minutes that I have left. That's a long time. Wow, 23 minutes. Uh, (laughs) uh, About living large in 2019. As far as I'm concerned, it's still January, so it's still a new year. So this is kind of a New Year's message, but it's really the same message that Jesus has always said from the very beginning. Uh, And that's the cool thing about Jesus is that uh, he doesn't change even though years and seasons and me and you do, uh, that he's always the same. But I want to talk to you about living large in 2019, how to go for God's big in 2019 and how to fight off our small. Because we all, we all have our small in our lives where we, where we feel like I'm small or I can't do it or I'm not good enough. 
Uh, that's, that, that doesn't make you bad if you have those feelings. That makes you human. That makes you a human being if you have those feelings like, I could never do that. I could never try that. I could never be good at that. I could never tell someone about Jesus. I could never start my own business. I could never do this. I could never do that. That's not, that's not unique to some people or some areas. That's the human condition. The small is not on the outside. The small is on the inside. And then when you accept Jesus, the small needs to go and the big needs to come. Living big for God, doing something big for Jesus and living your life in a big way, not in a small way. Living your life in a big way where small things don't bother big people. Not, not big people, big-hearted, big-minded, big Jesus-focused people not getting caught up on the small. And um, that's one of the things that Japanese people have taught me is that, that when you talk about faith and all those kind of things... Um, you know, it's so simple uh, and so clear. You have to be so clear with your message and it's actually so refreshing and it's actually very refining to get to a point where you don't use Christian words anymore, ever. Like we don't say saved in our church because no one knows what that means. People think there's going to be a, like, there's going to be something dangerous happen when we say, you need to be saved from your sin. People are like, What's going to happen? <laughs> is this building secure? Is there an earthquake? Is it, that's what Japanese people start thinking, right? And uh, so many times when I preach, it's, uh, it's quite humbling, which is a good thing. Uh, and so many times when I preach, people will come, I'll talk to new people after the service. Hey, what did you think of our church today? Never been to a church in their life, right? Oh, I love the music and I love this and I love this, but I don't understand anything that you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, awesome, come next week. <laughs> And just keep, keep coming back. And keep, it's, not, it's not because we're not trying our best to present a clear message or anything like that. And at first, I got super offended, and I was like, I'm never preaching again. <laughs> it's useless. No. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, and, and, but I realized that when you have zero frame of reference, of course it's not going to make sense. Of course there's going to be no understanding or, or things. You have to build with that. And what keeps people when they're learning about Jesus is not is not like um, rhetoric and repetition of big words, but it's actually relationship. Did you hear that? It's actually a relationship. People will be friends with you but probably before they make a decision to follow Jesus. It's true. It's true. And it's important that we understand that relationship is what helps people learn more and stay part of a community and, and move their way towards knowing Jesus for themselves. That's what I've learned in Japan. That's, what, that's, that's, that's all we do in Japan. We don't do anything extra or anything else. And every week we preach the gospel because what, what deeper message is there for the human race than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like love your neighbor as, as yourself. That's easy to say. It's really hard to do. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that it's so easy to quote that to someone else? Hey, you should love your neighbor. Have you ever tried to do it? It's so hard. It's, it is. It's, it's, all, it's impossible for a reason because we need Jesus to do that. <laughs> you need Jesus to do it. You can't, you can't love your neighbor as yourself. People don't love themselves these days. So how are they going to love anyone else? And what's going to fix all of that? I believe the answer to that is Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. Didn't plan to say any of that, but doesn't matter. I've got heaps of time left and... <laughs> Because at the start of a new year and at the start of living large, 
I think that um, some of the things that we, I think it's cool to start a new, sorry, let me rephrase. It's cool to start a new year and have New Year's resolutions or promises or whatever you like to call it. I'm not sure what you call it these days, but it's good to start a new year with a new outlook. I think everyone can kind of at least agree on that, that, hey, this year is a new chance, it's a new start. And uh, the cool thing about following Jesus, if you do, is that a new year, it's, it's a clean slate, it's a new start, and the greatest thing is that it's the same Jesus. New year, same Jesus. New year, same Jesus. New season, same Jesus. New revelation of God's word, it's actually still the same Jesus. God's always the same. That's what the Bible teaches us. Let me share with you a few scriptures about how Jesus is always the same. It says in Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23, it says this. It says, if you don't have a Bible or you're new here, this is the Bible that's it's going to be on the screen, right? Yeah, and so here we go. This is the Bible here. And so if you wanted to read it with us, you can read it along on the screen. And uh, this, it doesn't matter if you read it on a cell phone or on a paper Bible. It's all God's Word. So you read it with us right. You can read it along with us right now. But it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassion never fails. It says, Great is His faithfulness. His mercies are afresh every single morning. And that's the cool thing about God is that you have started a new year and there's new things in God, but actually God is still the same. Do you ever think about that? That God does something, when God does something new in your life, it's not because he's changed, it's because you have. That's cool, eh? It's funny that the only thing that has never changed, which is God, is the only thing that can change you and me. The only thing that can change you and me is something that never changes, and that's God. It's true. Think about it. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it's will be on the screen as well, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never changes. There it is there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's the same, but he has the power to change your life daily. He has the power to say something new to you through the Bible daily, every single day. That if you read the Bible with an open heart every single day and say, God, please speak to me, God will start to speak to you and he will never change, but your your vision, your outlook, your perspective, your understanding of the things of God will always be changing by something that never changes. That's, really, that's super comforting to me to know that God never changes because God loves me and tomorrow he's going to love me. And the next day he's going to love me. And the next day he's going to love you. And he's going to love you the next day. He's going to love you when you stuff up. He's going to love you when you make a huge mess of your life. He's going to love you on your best day. He's going to love you on your worst day because he never changes. Whether you kick all the goals that you were meant to or whether you miss every target that you were aiming for, God loves you. God loves you for who you are, not what you do. It's, it's, that is one of the, the most important messages that you will ever need to hear. God doesn't love you because of what you do. He loves you because of who you are. I'm, I'm not pausing because I don't know what to say. It's, it's to help you think. I'm good. You know, so much of human accolade comes from our performance. You know, have you ever, have you ever seen uh, those talent shows when somebody um, comes out and they don't look like they have a talent? If you saw the Susan Boyle one on the, the, the show, I don't know what it's called, sorry. The show where she comes out and she's, kind of an older lady and it looks like she's missed her time and everyone's like, oh, this lady's going to suck and, you know, uh, all this stuff and the judges are making fun of her and all these things and then she tells them the song she's going to sing and the judges are like, whoa, that's pretty ambitious for you, love. And then all of a sudden, the song starts 
and she belts out this, I don't know what the song's called, but it's, it's great, whatever. Yeah, thank you so much, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to sing it because you'll leave. And, uh, and she sings it out, and then all of a sudden when she stops singing, the people that jeered and the judges that questioned, standing ovation. Why? Because human praise comes from what we do. Whereas I, I, I would watch those things and see those things, and if, if Jesus was in that room and she walked out, Jesus is just... Whether you walk on the stage or you don't walk on the stage, Jesus is like this. Whether you do good today or you don't do good today, Jesus is like this. Whether you miss the mark or you hit the target right on the dot, Jesus is like this. And Jesus is like, I don't care what you do, I love you for who you are. And it helps us live large. It helps you live large. I was waiting for the translator then, actually. (laughs) It helps you live... I just had that... Yeah, just being honest. It helps you live large. It does. It actually helps you live large to know that God is the same and that God loves me not for what I do but for who I am. It helps you live large. It helps you put things into perspective. It helps you realise that, hey, God loves me for who I am. So that small thing that people are trying to drag me into, I'm not going into that anymore. I'm staying in God's big because God's the same and God loves me. And he loves everyone else, but he loves you. It's good. It helps you live big. And I want to help you, I just want to share with you, sorry, a few more scriptures because uh, I, I harped on about the Bible because it's good and it is. So that's why I'm just going to read the verses. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 to 13 in the message, Paul writes to the Corinthians uh, in, in the most loving way, but he really challenges them. And I just want to share with you this verse. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. It says, open up your lives, live openly and expansively. I love this verse and I love this thought from Paul, uh, who's often seen as this hard-headed, choleric guy, but probably to me, by Jesus, he's probably one of the most pastoral dudes in the Bible. If you read what he writes, especially to young people and his love for the next generation, is a model for us all, really. Uh, you know, Timothy wasn't a 50-year-old man pastoring a church. He was a 20-year-old kid, single, pastoring it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> That's a big deal, right? He had one of the biggest churches in the world at the time, Timothy, and he's 20 years old and single. Anyway, another day. <laughs> but this verse is talking about, he's talking to the Corinthians, and he's saying, I can't tell you how much I want for you. I want for you to enter into Small thinking. No. (laughs) I want to enter into small bickering with your neighbours. No. I want you to enter into this wide, open, spacious life. It's called the God life. It's called life with Jesus. It's called living large and not getting bogged down in the small. It's called God saying, come up to the big. Don't stay in the small. Come up to the big. And I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to... A good English word to encourage again. (laughs) I forgot what it is. And I want to encourage you this year, don't get sucked into the small. Don't get pulled back into the past. Don't get pulled back into the past. Try and get into God's big. Try and leap into God's big for 2019 and beyond. Because God hasn't changed, but he can change you. And the smallness you feel is not out there, the Bible says in that verse. It says the smallness you feel is inside of you. And it's not because you live in the Blue Mountains and it's not because you're here today or it's not because you have a belief of this or that or the other. It's because you're a human because we all feel small, right? We all feel small. 
at times we all feel small. When you think about what other people think of you, you can really quickly feel small. But if you think about what God thinks about you, you can become big. Not big in your head, not, not arrogant. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about big in the things of God and in the plans and the purposes and the dreams that God has for your life and for your family, for your business, for your future, for your children, for your community, for your city, for your church. Big, not small. It's cool, eh? And here's the coolest thing about God. This is the last thing I'm going to share today. So you can go have a coffee. It's, the coolest thing is, is that when you step into the big, you're graced for it. You're graced for it. When you step into God's big, you're graced for it. When you take that step out of the small and into the big, God graces you for it. Grace is God's undeserved kindness and he gives it to you, not once, but he gives it to you all the time. The only condition is that you live for Jesus and you stay humble and the Bible says that God will grace you all the time. That's what it says in James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, if to be on the screen again. It says, God, he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists us when we're proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. Is that all? Oh, yeah. So then surrender to God and stand up and the devil, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you. It says that God, can we just go back to the first part, the verse 6 part? It says, it says, for God continually pours out grace when you are humble. Continually pours out grace when you are humble. All you have to do is stay humble and stay in Jesus and stay in the things of Jesus and you'll be pulled into God's big and you will leave the small behind. It's true. You're looking at me like it's not true, but it's true. God will pull you into the big and the things that used to pull you up and, and hold you back and rip you out and kick you down and tell you that you're not good enough, all those things will start to fade if you stay humble and you go into God's big and when you do something big, you're graced for it. When I planted a church, I didn't know what to do. Youth pastoring was good, but it didn't prepare me for that fully. Some things did but it didn't fully prepare me to start a church from nothing in a country that I didn't really even know the language. I, I don't know what prepares you for that. I suppose I should have learned the language, but <laughs> it would have helped. But, but when I stepped into God's big, I, I've never, I've had moments, we've had some pretty hairy moments in the days, you know, some, sometimes we've got a call on Saturday night at 9.30 saying you can't use the venue you booked tomorrow. Oh, oh, okay, uh, thanks. And then just hang up the phone. What are we going to do? <laughs> Freak out like we're having church in like less than 12 hours or whatever and we don't have a place to meet. And so we're trying all these places and, and all these kind of things. But in, in all of that, in all those things, there's a grace on that when you step into God's big. When you step into what God's got for your life, it's big. It's cool, eh? That, that I, I'm not... I'm not I'm not more qualified or anything else to lead a church than anyone else that knows Jesus. I don't, I don't have any more qualifications. I don't, you know, I have a, you know, a past that probably half this room knows more about than anyone else. And, and all these things that I've made mistakes in and I've said the wrong thing and I've done the wrong thing and I've 
made all these mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm not anything. All I've done is I've, I've chosen to get into God's sphere, God's realm of things. And all I've had to work hard at doing is stay humble. That's what I had to do. That's, that's what I felt like God said to me when I started my, our church. He said, just stay humble. Don't try. Like not, like we do, we work hard, but we don't try. Because hard work's fine as long as you reap results, right? No one works hard for nothing, right? Well, if, you, if you're smart, <laughs> no one works hard for nothing, right? But if you work hard and you see results, not, I'm not talking about financial results, I'm talking about eternal results. It's easy to work hard and there's a grace on it as well to work hard, to do all the things that God's called you to do, to, to work hard and to, it's, it's you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should all plan a church, but if you ever did, it's really hard. Instagram does not tell the story of church plants. It tells the story of the, the huge heart. That's why I don't post much anymore because sometimes it's just really, seasons of my life, it's just really hard. So I just post a photo of my kid and everyone knows I'm okay and whatever and move on. But like it's some of the church stuff, it's like I've got nothing to post because this is really hard. People haven't made a decision in a couple of weeks and I want people to know Jesus every single Sunday in our church. That's hard. You pray and believe and ask and invite and share and communicate the gospel to people and not force it down their throat, but try and be an example with your life and present Jesus in a way where they would say, I want to know Jesus the way you know Jesus. That does, you don't do that by standing here. You don't win souls by standing. You, well, you do in, 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 a, in a very small portion of Christianity. The rest of it is out there. <laughs> you know, the biggest thing I learned, this has got nothing to do with the message, but the biggest thing I learned about church planning, preaching's the easy part. Preaching's easy. Everything else is hard. <laughs> Not that preaching's easy. It's actually really hard as well, but it's, it's easy compared to everything else. Like, try and, try and figure out a, a liability insurance form in another language. Try and figure that out for your church. It's hard enough in English, let alone in another language. What do I do with it? I don't even know what to do with all this paper. And Japan love paper. If you don't know that, they love paper. They give you this bundle of paper. Here's your insurance stuff. Just have a read through that. Hey, guys, have a look at this and tell me what it says. It's hard. There's, there's challenges. There's things like that. But... I'm not going to let that stop me because I want to stay in God's big. And I want you to stay in God's big as well. This year, I want you to know that God is the same. God is big. God is large. Right? God's in control. And he has a big life for you. If you're on a summer camp this week, you need to know that God has a big life for you. Can you live a big life anywhere in the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Live big. Don't, don't, let, don't go back to school after summer camp and let someone say, oh, you know, but you said this and you did that or whatever. Who cares? Don't listen to it. Just listen to God. Stay in God's big. I just want to share with you one quote that I feel like kind of summarizes what I'm sharing today just before we pray. And I think I'm handing back to you. Back, okay, you're back to Ben. Yep, great. So Oswald Chambers is this really great Christian writer and he's a legend and he's written heaps of books and... Uh, he's very clear and concise, and I really like him, even though he's old. And um, <laughs> sorry, I can say in my church I'm old. Okay, 
30, 35 is old in, in my church. So I, I always say, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Don't live in the small. Come into the big, everybody. <laughs> this is what he said. He said, the, the questions that truly matter in life are remarkably few, and they are all answered by these words, come to me. Uh, God's words are not do this or don't do that, but come to me. When you live big, the questions in life get fewer. And there's only the, the only ones that matter are the ones that we ask. And God says to those questions, just come here. Come to me. Not do this. Not you shouldn't have done that. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? You got it all wrong. You made a mistake. You're not good enough. You will never amount to anything. That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the devil, which the Bible says in John's translation, kick him in the face and tell him to get lost. <laughs> you can't kick people in the face, but you can kick the devil in the face and tell him to get out. If you hear any of those voices, I told my church the other week, just kick him out. Don't listen to it. You're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. You're not that. God's voice is just come here. Oh, but I'm not good enough. I didn't make it. I couldn't get it right. I always keep, I always keep making the same mistake. Just come here. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know what my plan for my life is. I think I've missed my purpose. I think I've missed my destiny. Come here. I don't know what I should do. I don't know who I should marry. I don't know if I've met the right person. I don't know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what career to do. I don't know what to study at university. They're big questions in life, right? Who do I marry? What do I study? What career do I do? And God's answer to all of those questions is just come to me. Come here. Not do this. Not do that. Not the, 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 the whatever else, or you're not good enough for that course, or you're not good enough to marry that person. What a load of rubbish. Come to me. That's what Jesus says. Just come here. Come to, not, not me, Jono, because I'm not Jesus, but Jesus is saying, just come to me. Come here. The biggest questions in life are answered by Jesus with, come to me. And as you live in God's big, the questions that you think are important, slowly, when you get to heaven, the questions you have will not be important. I remind myself of that every day because I've got a lot of questions, right? It's okay to have questions too, by the way. And as I ask questions and questions, and the more, the more that I step into God's and want to live in God's big and feel graced for the things that he's given me to do, the less I want to ask questions. And the questions that I do ask, God just says, just come here. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to start a campus in another city. <laughs> and God's not, God's not do this, do that. God's just come here get closer to me and you'll know I hope that's not too simple for you today I don't know what you were expecting but that, that's all that it takes that's all that it requires there's nothing more to it God's always the same God's always changing us and when you step into God's big he continually pours grace for the seasons of life that you're in. Becoming a parent was a big deal. Parents know it, right? I became a parent two and, two and a half years ago or something. It's a big deal. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I was not ready. Especially in another country, I was not ready. <laughs> and, and, but, but in that season, not, not just in my ministry life or in my my pastoring or whatever you call it that, that in my family life God poured out grace on my family for a new season because having a kid makes you big right the bigger you live the less you think about yourself 
Anyway, I'm finished. That's, that's all I wanted to say today. Why don't you stand to your feet, if you don't mind, just as we close in prayer, and then I'll hand back to Ben. But if you wouldn't mind, not, not for any religious reason, but just for privacy, if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes for a few minutes, I'd just love to give people an opportunity just to have a moment between them and God. We're going to pray for two groups of people. It's going to take like two and a half minutes. And we're just going to pray that God would speak to us and challenge us from his word. And then I'm going to ask people that don't know Jesus, if they want to know Jesus, today is your day. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you don't have to pass a test. You don't have to jump through a hoop. Today is your day. You can say, I want to know Jesus right now. So that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to hand back to Ben and probably sing a song to close, okay? Here we go. God, thank you for your word today. God, I pray that as we live our lives, that you would help us live big. That as your word says, that as we step into the new things and the big things that you have for our life, that you would pour your grace on us for each and every season that we're in. God, I pray even right now this morning, as people are standing here at the face of a new year, maybe daunted by some of the things that have happened last year or things that are coming this year, Lord, that you would pour your grace on them right now for a new season. That you would pour it out, that as they stay humble and as they stay focused on you, that you would pour out your grace. You'd pour out your grace on people with children starting high school and with people going into university and moving out of home and people starting new businesses this year and people going into new relationships and new this and new that, that you would pour your grace out on them, Jesus, and you'd pour it and you continually pour it and pour it and pour it. And we would know that, God, we are only seeing the things that we're seeing in our life because it's you doing amazing things in our life and through our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last group I want to pray for, just if you keep your eyes closed just for another minute. This is the most important part of the service, in my opinion. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to point you out. And you don't even have to raise your hand, really. But if you're here today and you want to say, yes, I'd like to know Jesus, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. And I want to ask him to forgive me of my sin, which is all the bad things we've ever thought, said or done. And I want to receive Jesus in my life today, right now, right here in this room. And I want to walk every day from now on, stepping into God's big and God's plan and purpose for my life. I'm not sure if this is what normally happens here, but if you're here right now and that's you, and you're saying, yes, I want to know Jesus for the first time, you're here today and you're saying, yes, that's me. If you'd be so brave to respond in your heart right now, and if you want to, you can raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you right where you stand. I'm just going to wait a moment. If you're here today and you're saying, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want, to, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you know a lot about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Today, you can know Jesus in your heart. Anyone here today? I'm not, I won't be upset or embarrassed if no one does, but I just think you can't, you can't have church without this opportunity to know Jesus. That's why we're here. It's the whole reason we're here. Or maybe you're here today and you're not where you're not where you need to be with Jesus. And I want to say to you today that God's not mad at you for that. All you need to do is open your heart, come back to Jesus. He's full. Of, he's saying to you today, just come to me. Not angry. Not why did you do that? Not why are you in that situation? Why are you there? Jesus is saying, just come to me. If that's you right now, and you want to say yes. I want to come to Jesus right now. Just raise your hand right where you are. I'm going to pray for you. That's okay. God, thanks that you're here in this room right now. Lord, I pray that as we go out into our week, Lord, that we would remember 
your word and what you've said to us and what you're teaching us and that we would apply what you, you teach us from the Bible to our lives and to our everyday lives. You would help us to live as mighty men and women of God in the spheres of life that we're represented here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hand back to Ben. Thanks, mate.